welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. My name is Jesper. I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Walter McCormick, and he is a laid-back IT guy, but also Airbnb host of the Ohio City Getaway. And there's a lot of interesting things to talk about here, but he caters to a crowd that most Airbnb hosts are trying to avoid, and that is the bachelorette and bridal parties. And his uh, Airbnb is a house, an 1855 house in the city of Cleveland, Ohio. So lots of interesting stuff to talk about. Walter, I'm very excited to chat to you. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jasper. It's good to be here. Uh, thanks for having me and excited uh, that we finally were able to make this happen. Absolutely. Man, I looked at your listing and your house looks awesome. Can you share a little bit about the, the story of of this amazing property? Absolutely. And thank you. Uh, yeah, this house was built um, in beautiful Ohio City back in 1855. And the house was... Uh, you know, one of the first houses built in Ohio City is very historic, very historic uh, city all the way back to when there's horse and carriages. You can kind of walk in the city streets of Ohio City and still see reminiscences of, you know, the times before and the days before. You know, this house has uh, beautiful exposed brick throughout. It just has so many pieces of charm. And, uh, you know, when I first moved into this place, I said, OK. This is a different place. This is special. So, yeah, the house is 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 in the in the middle of Ohio City. So Ohio City is on the west side of Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, and it is about uh, five minutes from the heart of downtown Cleveland. So uh, this is the best location, I think, in the city. You are close to you're 15 minutes from the major airport. You're five minutes from downtown where all the action is, and you're nestled in a historic part of, of Cleveland. It's just a great location and the house is uh has been nothing but a delight for me and it turns out that my guests uh have been pretty excited about their stay and their experience as well. And you're renting this out as an entire house, right? Yes. Yeah, so the access to the house, the house actually has two sides to it. And the one side is the side that I focus primarily on making it for Airbnb. The other side of the house actually at this moment is being worked on to open that side up for Airbnb as well. I actually have some folks staying on that side come December. We have a large football trip uh, that's coming. So yeah, it's a it's a sizable house. Um, this side is about 2,300 square feet and there's tremendous access to outside. It has a great backyard, enclosed patio, 
rooftop patio, uh, which actually overlooks downtown Cleveland and Ohio City. It's just a fantastic place to be. You kind of come in here and you feel like you're away from the world, yet you're in the center of the world here in Cleveland. So it's, it's awesome. Great. And you're also a super host. I was checking out some of the reviews and they're all they're all five stars. Everybody is raving about your place. And what I'm really interested in is to hear the story of how did you get into catering to the, the bridal and the bachelorette and the bachelor parties? Because uh, that's that's really the crowd that those people are trying to avoid. People usually they don't want to have parties at their place. And, and you've chosen to cater specifically to this crowd, which can be uh, a very, very smart move, of course. If nobody else is catering to them, then there's a, there's a market, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely a market for it. And I'm going to tell you that um, <laughs> I'm finally a super host. I worked very hard to get that that designation. And I've had many conversations with Airbnb about my eligibility and, you know, how close am I and you monitor the progress. And, you know, you really, you really look for that. That's very important for me to achieve that. So I'm happy I'm there. Yeah. You know, the bachelorette and bridal party, bachelor pad, bachelor uh, clientele. It's really interesting how that happened. You know, I started this just in June, June of this year, 2017. And uh, I think it was the third week of June I started. And I was just trying to see what would happen. You know, this is a beautiful place. Uh, you know, I, I kind of designed it and furnished the inside to meet what, what, what I thought people would be desirable to their eye. And people just came and I quite honestly was not prepared for the demand. But in July, something really interesting happened. I started getting an abundance of requests for people who want to have bachelor parties here, bachelorette parties. And I really had to think about that for a moment because, you know, you, you kind of look at that from several perspectives. Just like you said, okay, this is not the most desirable crowd. We don't really want party goers in your house because as we mentioned it's a historic house it's actually on the cleveland uh city of cleveland historical homes list so you kind of want to keep everything intact you don't want people to just be partying inside of your house at the same time the opportunity as you alluded to to have a business model that now focuses in on a very niche group and the bachelorette and, 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 and bachelor parties and the bridal dinner parties, everything that comes with that, you know, it's very, very promising. There's a lot of opportunities in it. So I started getting these requests and I wasn't quite sure what to do. And I just charged people whatever I had listed, you know, whatever price I had listed. I didn't charge anybody anything extra. I was just happy to get people in. And I started getting three, four, five, six. And then now I'm up to 30 bachelorette parties that I've had here. Um, and it's been fantastic. You know, I've, I've had no problems. Uh, people have been very respectful. But I think a lot of that comes, um, you know, when you host a place, you have to have very specific house rules and you have to kind of design the house to provide a great experience. But also you kind of have to, I guess you can say you're kind of like a parent. You kind of have to keep the toys out the way uh, of the kids so that they don't injure themselves or so that they don't get themselves in some mischief. So, yeah, it, it's been it's been fantastic. And because it's been so successful, I actually uh, 
just entered into a fantastic partnership with The Knot. And uh, The Knot is a, a, a company in which it's the largest in the United States, kind of like an online um, one-stop shop for bridal preparation. And in the Cleveland area, there are 19,000 registered brides. So you can imagine having my place on their storefront page, only sharing it with a few other in the in the area, a few others in the area. It's a tremendous business opportunity, but also you can't have success. You can't be a super host unless you actually care about your the experience of your guests. So I mean, the money is fantastic, but it's really all about being able to create a memorable experience, and that's what I try to do. Well, you've hosted 30 bachelor and bachelorette parties, and you've never had any issues. Not one issue. Now, here's the deal. I have a great, great cleaning service. I have a great system where checkout time is at 11 o'clock, 11 a.m., and people have respected that, and I do everything that I can to ensure that everybody abides by that. And I just think that I've had success, you know, with people keeping the place intact because this is such a great house and I'm opening up this house for people to experience, you know, these, these very, very, very rare moments. And people have been very respectful of that. And, um, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to have had the opportunities I've had and the people that stayed here, they've been very good. And yeah, I think a lot of the listeners have this question in mind, like, how do you, How do you prevent things from getting damaged? How do you f prevent things from getting out of control? Yeah. I mean, it's tough because you can't control people. And you can't tell people that who just paid several hundred dollars to rent your place that they can't, like, live in the quarters and they can't, you know, be free. What I do uh, through a few very simple things, prior to the individual actually booking, We have a conversation and they say, um, in my listing, I, I, I mentioned explicitly, I say, if you're looking to have some type of event, including a bachelorette or bachelor party, you have to let me know. We've got to have a conversation first about it so that we can kind of talk through what the expectations are. Some of the expectations are how many people do you plan on having come to the party? Um, I typically don't mind a party of 12 the house can fit that easily but how many people are going to be you know staying over you know how many people are going to be within the walls and you kind of have to ask some of these probing questions um and not getting to it you know invasive but just kind of getting an idea of what type of party is going to be most people i tell you i kid you not this is what they say they say you know walter i really love your space We, you know, because I have the instant book on, we, we, we really want to, we're booking because we're excited. We think you have a great place. We're a group of 10 girls who are very kind and very sweet and we're not going to do anything to your house. And, and that, that, that's reassuring. Um, but you also have to kind of ask, you know, some of those questions just to make sure. And the truth of the matter is you just don't know what's going to happen until you get, get your house back. I don't have anything in this house that is a safety precaution. So I don't have anything in the house. Like I don't leave things just sitting on the ground. There's a few things in the house. Like there's a live well. So it's like we actually have a well room in the house and there's a glass on that. I, I, I state, you know, very specifically not to lift the glass. 
Um, just be an adult. Just be responsible. Just be respectful. And I just have I've had you know no issues. Of course, you're gonna have things like replacements, you know, of of you know of linen and, and things of like that. But that just kind of goes with the ebbs and flows of you know running this basically hospitality business. Right, but I can't imagine if if you're throwing a party that the front you're gonna say yeah we're gonna behave well and we're gonna respect your stuff and but then like you have the party and uh, you're a couple bowls of wine in and you know the question is are people still you know once they're like under the influence of alcohol are they still gonna be as responsible as they were planning to yeah yeah and and I can tell you what I know personally if I'm under the influence of alcohol. I'm probably going to be a little bit different than if I wasn't. So um, you have to understand that that's people are going to be drinking, um, people are going to have a you know good time, and that's what you want. I have cleaning fees. I make it very uh, clear that this is a wonderful place to be. Let's keep it wonderful. And um, I mean, I've, I've just been very fortunate. No one has done any destruction. There's been no theft. I take very deep and specific inventory of everything from towels down to the amount of cascade complete <laughs> this uh washing liquid and fluid all the way down to how many towels um paper towels things of that nature and i got to say it's been i mean jasper it's been fantastic nobody has done anything that i felt was uh, disrespectful to myself or to the house so very fortunate i just think it's a special place and it's kind of like you go to a special place and you're on your best behavior. So um, I, I think that's been my experience thus far. And I, I pray that it continues to be that way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. And I mean, I always feel that most people, like 99.9% .9 of people on Airbnb are generally very respectable people. You know, they're typically well-traveled. I think they're typically quite educated. And, you know, I've hosted over 350 groups in my place in Amsterdam. And as you know, Probably, oh my goodness! As you probably know, Amsterdam is known as a bit of a party town, as well. I've heard, I've heard this before. Yes. <laughs> so you know, there's. I mean, even though I I've been a little selective with the type of groups that I would host, but still, I mean, you know, people wanna people wanna engage in in the nightlife, and people wanna maybe try out some substances that are not necessarily legal in the place where they're coming from. Yeah. And yeah. so you know that that's gonna happen, right? I mean. Like you Absolutely. said, you, you can't control people. Like you said, I mean, you can do, you can take the precautions and you can do everything in your power to sort of, you know, guide your guests in the right direction. But at the end of the day, they're human beings and, and, and stuff happens sometimes, right? So um, I've been very fortunate too that I've never really had any, any damage into my apartment. I mean, in fact, most of the time, if people would accidentally break something and, also, just like you said, I didn't really have that much stuff lying around, so there wasn't that much to break in the first place. But you know, right. if, if people do break like a glass or, or or something, then they would usually just leave some extra money on the table, or they would let me know and say, "Hey, we've you know we've broken some glasses. Like, should we get some replacements?" And like you said, I, I consider that just a business expense. Hey, exactly, and I think that you know you have to kind of build that into your business model. You got to say, "Okay, there's going to be some." you know, some loss prevention things that are going to occur. You're going to lose some things. Um, and, you know, people may, okay, so maybe I can mention this. Somebody walked off with a uh, remote control. 
or I have not been able to find it since. And this is like three months ago. Um, I'm pretty sure that people don't uh, steal remotes on purpose. It could happen, I'm sure. And, and that's just, you know, a small irritant, you know, especially when you look for the remote. But nothing, nothing crazy. But let me just say this, and, and I think this is an important distinction to make. I now use Airbnb exclusively. And for a period of three months, I use Airbnb and a few other of the competitors, the other Airbnb competitors. And I will tell you that I had no problems on Trip, TripAdvisor. I, I, I had a couple of people from TripAdvisor, but I had some folks, and I'm not going to name the, the company, um, stay from this one particular very large competitor of Airbnb. And I will say that they were probably probably the most challenging guest. I've had almost zero problems with anybody from Airbnb, uh, but this other service, I had a few issues um, in, in just uh, basic communication and understanding of check-in and check-out times, things of that nature. And I think it really speaks to, if nothing else, the incredible vetting system that Airbnb has. And it's gotten better even since I've started with them uh, back in June. Uh, Airbnb has actually turned away people from my place. I've actually received bookings from someone. Their booking was confirmed and Airbnb backed it out of the system because after further, I guess, deep dive into that individual's uh, past history or whatever, they found them not to be suitable to rent. So I, I think, you know, uh, as a person uh, who works in information security, I certainly appreciate that. And a lot of times that will keep, keep the right people uh, in your place and the wrong people away these vetting systems that Airbnb uh, has. I've also had people come through who, after a conversation, they'll ask me, they'll say, hey, you know, uh, I got a lot of requests uh, for people on uh, Halloween who wanted to have Halloween parties. And they wanted 50, 60 people in this house. And I just said, no. I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And if I do it, you're not going to like the price. So... You know, there, there are things like that that can be done with the, the combination of the Airbnb vetting system, just some uh, common sense on, on our part as hosts, and just some intuition of the person that's, you know, renting your place. Uh, I think you prevent those type of uh, issues from happening. But if all that being said, you just never know. Hosts, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com slash pad. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, so your house can host up to 12 guests. When people throw a party, do you allow extra guests to come to just a party, extra invitees for the party? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so what I have now is... I say that I can sleep comfortably 10 people, um, and that's growing because I'm, I'm finding more innovative furniture as we go uh, to sleep more people. But yeah, so uh, I had a guy stay. Uh, he had 10 couples. He had 10 couples. And what I did was I just charged an additional fee 
for every person. I think at that time it was like fifty dollars uh, per additional person, and I I think that Airbnb caps it at a certain point. So I'll actually charge for circumstances like that where it's just going to be a lot of people in the house or more than t- more than I would say twelve people. I'll charge an event fee or some type of fee that will cover you know the additional traffic. I think what people sometimes don't understand and don't realize, and I, I think prior to me getting involved with the hosting piece of Airbnb of a property, is that you know the more people you have in a house, the more wear and tear on that house, the more potential and risk uh, that's involved. So you have to be compensated for that, um, just in case something happens. Um, so yeah, I do have an additional fee for additional folks after ten people, typically. And if you want to have an event, you can definitely have an event, but there's no DJs. There's respect to the neighborhood, but you can certainly have an event. We just have to work out those those details to make sure everybody's covered. Right. And you're, so you're saying 10 couples, that's 20 people. And did all of those people sleep at your house or did some of them sleep somewhere else? Amazingly, they all slept at the house. And the individual who set everything up, we spoke afterwards and he said, you know, we love your house. You have a great place. Clearly, I don't have 20 beds, but they made it work. Um, I have several air mattresses, queen size. I have, like I said, I'm getting more unique furniture all the time. And, and they made it work. And it was very interesting. And they just stayed a night, you know. And that's the other thing, though. I don't have a two-night minimum. I don't have a two-night minimum. My philosophy on that is... Everybody should have an opportunity to be able to stay one night. So if you want to stay one night, I'm not going to turn turn you away because I want you to stay for two nights. And I think that I probably received a significant amount of business, uh, probably comparatively to the folks in this neighborhood who also do Airbnb, because I don't have a two night minimum. And so I, I allow people to come stay and it, it, it kind of provides people who have unique circumstances as a large party like that. To be able to find a place at the last minute, a lot of times, because I'm pretty flexible. So it's been it's helped it's helped uh, the traffic a lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Wow, it's great to hear your story. Uh, and you know, I I think it's really important as Airbnb is getting bigger and bigger, and more hosts are starting on Airbnb. You know, you have to find a way to stand out from other Airbnb hosts. You have to find a niche. You have to find a niche within the Airbnb community, right? You have to know who you're catering to. You have to know who is your audience. And oftentimes, I think that when you start on Airbnb, you're just not quite sure what that audience is or who are those people that would love your place. And I think your case is a really good example where you started out, you probably didn't really have a a very strong expectation about what would happen. And you found out that these bachelor's parties, that your house is very suitable for it. And that's how you find your niche. And now you're being very successful at it. I agree. And and I'm going to tell you that I actually, I researched Airbnb for about a year prior to doing it. And I was looking at this neighborhood and I said, you know, there's something that's missing. You know, I I kind of looked at it from a business perspective and said, okay, well, if if a one bedroom loft that's okay, pretty cool, not great, not amazing with regular furniture, nothing exciting, nothing exquisite. There's no Warhols on the on the wall. There's no um, you know, Tiffany's on the glass or anything like that. I said if they're making maybe $200 or $100 a night, 
I said, well, what can you what can you do with a unique house that does have some Tiffany, that does have some really cool gems in it and unique uh, fixtures, and you add a little bit of love to it? What could that do? And when I finally decided to say, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger and actually do this, I, I did have an expectation that I would have traffic. I had no idea that the traffic would be uh, the amount that it that has been. And I certainly, as you stated, had no idea that the bachelorette uh, and bridal realm uh, would be descending upon my house at such uh, high frequency. So, I mean, it, it's been it's been wonderful. It's been really fantastic. But if I could just offer um, some insights and some maybe tips to other folks who are looking to do Airbnb, look at your neighborhood and look at what the neighborhood's missing. And you said it, Jasper. You said, you know, you have to figure out how to stand out. And you want to stand out the right way. And one of the things that I did was I I had a title for a long time. Well, for the first two and a half months, the title of the Airbnb was the private rooftop is only the beginning. And that drew people. I mean, people like, oh, that's so cool. The private rooftop, that's sweet. But then what happens is it gets colder (laughs) and the rooftop isn't really the, the, the number one seller. Um, and you have to, it, it's not really speaking to the the rest of the house, uh, speaking from a, a IPO type of deal, not IPO, but you're doing some searches, a Google search, and you type in the private rooftop, you're probably not going to hit that a lot of the time. So I changed the name to the Ohio City Getaway because number one, um, the Ohio City is a city. When people type in getaway, that pulls so many hits. And so now if you type in my, and I'm not gloating, I'm just trying to share some tips. If you type in the Ohio City Getaway, my house is the first house that pulls up and it's receiving massive amount of traffic, I think, in large part to the naming convention of the Airbnb. So naming convention is really, really important when you're considering having an Airbnb. Um, Nobody's excited about two bedroom, two bathroom listing, you know, in Cleveland. It's not exciting. It's not standing out. You're blending in. The Ohio City getaway is, oh, this is where I come to get away when I'm in Ohio City. So that was some of the thought there. And just in case anybody wants to be slick or or funny, I've actually registered the name and uh, it's incorporated in the business. So can't have the name, but just (laughs) a, a (laughs) <laughs> just a free tidbit for everybody out there. Awesome. That's great advice. I actually just Googled it, Ohio City Getaway, and it, indeed, there's your listing. So I can <laughs> I can confirm. Awesome, man. Well, Walter, thanks so much. I think that's uh, great advice, and it was great to hear your story. And uh, good luck with, uh, with your Airbnb ventures in the future, and uh, I'd love to hear how everything goes. Definitely. Have me back on. I would love to come back on again. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Awesome. And listeners out there, thanks for listening. And of course, on Friday, we'll be back with the news episode. So make sure to tune in. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.